0: Virginia Beach, and I grew up at the Gateway Church, and um, I don't know. I'm kind of a boring person, (laughs) so. (laughs) uh, No, I went to uh, GCC for two years, and then I transferred to Welch. Um, Before that, I I traveled and sang, and you know, I didn't get much out of that. Uh, I got a little bit of you know road experience, but the one thing I got out of that is I met her. So I met her at her grandfather's church in Knoxville. And, um, and then we had a true Facebook romance. So there you go. And, uh, we had a long-term relationship and, uh, or long distance relationship, not long term, longer, uh, distance. Hopefully it's long term, right? Well, yeah, hopefully. (laughs) But I mean, the dating, the dating, we went quick. I mean, we met in 2012 and we got married in 2013. So, uh, we, we got married pretty quick. We went, we knew, we knew, we knew. So, um. But uh, when I transferred out out that way, we I proposed to her. We got married. We started serving. Uh, I believe it or not, a Cumberland Presbyterian Church called the the school uh, and was like, "Hey, we need help." So I started working there at that church. Met some dear friends and uh, people who are some of my best friends there. And uh, then then God called us from there to a Southern Baptist church. Uh, So we were like straight from the fold, I guess. But uh, but then God God used all those things to prepare us for uh, the ministry that he's got got ahead of us. Uh, It's pretty, uh, it's actually pretty, I can't go into all the details because we just don't have enough time. But it's just there's thing after thing after thing of of ministry, whether it was youth pastoring or pastoring, that um, were things that were just not in our, our repertoire that God was putting into it as we went by these other opportunities, these other, you know, straying from the fold opportunities. And I think that God was really putting us through a type of boot camp (laughs) for, for his glory. So, so that's, that's how we got to this point as far as what we've done other than this. And then uh, do we want to share right now what, uh, you know, the,
1: our calling or you want to do that? You want to do that? As
2: you said, we met in 2013, um, or we met 2012. We were married in 2013. um, And we also have two beautiful children that he did not mention yet, Grayson and Georgia. Um, We adopted them about, um, they're 14 months old now, so we got them when they were born. And they um, bring a lot of joy to our lives, and we're very thankful for them. Um, But our calling to wear... We are now kind of started in 2011, where um, I was getting my degree at Welch, and my degree is in intercultural studies. And so as part of my degree, I had to complete an overseas apprenticeship. And while I was uh, in the country of Panama, our teammates, uh, Chris and Tori, actually brought a group of E-teamers down. And um, that's when I met them, Tori and I became friends. And... Uh, the Lord just started knitting our lives together even back then. I came back to the States, and you know, we met, got married, we got settled in, we were very comfortable, and then in 2018, I was at the National Convention, and um, it was the last night, um, we were in Little Rock, Arkansas, I'll never forget it, and we were leaving, and I ran into Chris and Tori, and had a very quick conversation, and you know, just catching up. How are you doing? Where are you guys at? And um, they said, well, have you guys thought about coming to Spain? And we said, well, actually we have, because God had put that in our hearts before we even got married, that there were two countries we had been praying specifically about, but the time we had just never been right. And Spain was one of those. And so they said, we're going to be in Nashville in a couple of weeks. Let's sit down and have coffee. And so. We said goodbye. I called Josh immediately because he was not there with me. And I said, I think we're supposed to go
1: to Spain.
0: I said, she's crazy. <laughs> we had just, look, I just got promoted at work. She was finally, you know, hitting the stride, working where she was working. Um, we, <laughs> we were unloading boxes in our brand new, newly constructed house. You know, we still had a warranty on our house. I mean, that's how new the house is. And uh, she's like, "All right, now we're gonna pack everything back up, and we're gonna go overseas." And I'm like, "Someday, but not today. We just signed a 30-year note. Let's worry about that right now." But she said, "Look, Josh, just sit down, have coffee, and let's talk." And I said, "Okay. I mean, I can't ever. I'm never going to to not listen because I, you may miss an opportunity." So I was like, "Okay, we'll listen, and then we can pray about it." And so we had cu- uh, we had a cup of coffee that changed our lives there. It was at Just Love Coffee in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And, uh, we, we definitely, uh, it, there was a lot more poured out than just coffee there. They poured out their hearts and they shared exactly, um, the ministry that we wanted to share with you in this interview. Um, all of the, um, the, the physical and spiritual needs uh, of the, of the Moroccans and North Africans in Southern Spain, they poured those out. And when we left, I looked at Bethany and I said, um, I don't know when I don't know how but we've got to be a part of this. This is God's calling us to do this. And that's, that's how it happened. And then, uh, in the course of, um, the course of the time that we were preparing for it and working, uh, cutting ties and making things happen, we actually, uh, were approached about adopting our ch- children. And so we were able to do that. And that was, that was a miraculous and wonderful thing. We went from, uh, resigning and saying lord we'll adopt someday we'll leave that in your hands and four weeks later we were parents so uh that was that was incredible be amazing Um, yeah let let me
3: ask you about the kids for just a minute before we go any further so you said they're 14 months old now and you've had them since birth Mm -hmm. are they twins
1: yeah they are
3: okay okay boy girl one of each
1: one girl.
3: of each. One of each. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's that's exciting. I just talked to uh, Henry and Chelsea Parker and uh, talked to them about their experience, and they had been thinking and praying about adopting. And then uh, I don't know if you guys know Alan and Jenny Hall or not. They were church planners.
0: I've met them before. Okay. They probably knew yeah. me from Adam.
3: <laughs> they were church planners in York, Pennsylvania, and they adopted uh, three children, I think over the years. And so uh, it, it's awesome to hear about, uh, about those stories and how God brings those things together. But uh, you mentioned uh, the Moroccans uh, in uh, Spain, and that's kind of going to be your focus of ministry as, as far as the, the people group
0: that you're going to be ministering to? Moroccans, Algerians, uh, North Africans in general, but the biggest group of those are Moroccans. And so they come up, uh, of course, the Strait of Gibraltar is only about seven miles across. And so you imagine, you know, people try to float across from Cuba and that's 90 miles. Uh, people really try to do it there, especially since the laws are, are a lot more lax on immigration. So they they uh, try to get across and many of them succeed and they get there. And uh, things, some things are better. You know, they have better education, they have better health care whether you work or not, but, uh, but there are other things that aren't as good. Now, you know, there's not much use for a shepherd in the middle of a metropolis. So, you know, that's where most of them, their background comes from. They they come from agriculture and here they are in the middle of this tourist city that's uh, three times or uh, uh, three, a third the size of Nashville, but the same population as Nashville. So. I mean, there's just not much space, you know.
3: So when they get there and they start kind of figuring things out, uh, I, I would imagine there's a lot of uh, needs that they bring with them and that they ha- have. Uh, what what are some of the things that you guys will be uh, ministering to and, and kind of what the needs of, of these people, obviously the spiritual needs, but um, kind of share a little bit
1: about, about those needs.
2: So many of them are leaving home where they've always been. Um, They're fleeing from war and from poverty and bad health care, bad education, all kinds of things. So then they come and they come with pretty much nothing. They're just trying to get to a better place, a better life for their children. And so then they get to this new place that they don't speak the language. So they are unable to get employment. They're unable to... Uh, just live in the new city. Um, Also, the unemployment rate in Spain is very high among Spaniards. And so for an immigrant or a refugee, it's it's almost impossible for them to get employment. And so they once again find themselves in a very desperate, hopeless situation. And so they are in need of learning the language, learning customs. They um, need help with filling out just paperwork to be able to get residency and all of those things. And a big need that they have is just food. A very basic need that we all have is that we need to be able to eat. And so that is a way that we are able to minister to them is to uh, do a food distribution. So we are feeding about 700 people every other week. Uh, Before coronavirus, we were actually doing every week, but now it's every other week. and we're giving them enough food to get them through to help them. Uh, We offer Spanish classes to help them learn the language, English classes, because the city is a tourist city. And so English is very um, marketable to try to help them get a job. Um, And then we also do homework help for kids and um, just different outreach projects that we do different things. Um, but the main thing that we do is the food distribution, but one really cool thing that I'm excited about helping with is they have a sewing co-op where they're bringing a group of women together, and we're teaching them how to make different projects, and then we're able to sell them online through a free trade website or different places in America, and they're able to make money for their families, and so we want to help them to find hope and to find Um, a better life for their family and to be able to provide so we want to give them food and then be able to build relationships so that we can also give them the bread of life
0: he's excited about sewing i'm excited because they're going to be starting a sports program for the kids and uh, they asked me to help be involved with that not sure we're not sure how that's going to look but uh, we're hoping it's going to look something like upward maybe more evangelistic even than upward
3: so. That's awesome. I have a question about the website. Is that, will that be international or will that be just for people in Spain or?
1: No,
2: it's international. Anybody can go on and purchase things.
3: Do you have that website handy?
2: I don't have it. We can, but but I can two send it. Maybe
3: before. Yeah, that'd be great. That way I can put it in the show notes and people can uh, check that out and hopefully... Hopefully, get some. Yeah, purchase some stuff. Yeah, some yeah stuff. we
2: we have, um, and I know our teammates are here in the states right now, and they actually have some things too uh, that they're selling. But we have like scrunchies and headbands. They have these little best for robe things that you make, um, and they do a lot of earrings and bracelets and all kinds of stuff. That's
3: awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things, Josh, you mentioned in the notes that you sent me was uh, assimilation. Can you can you talk more a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so uh, we talked. A, she talked a little bit about language classes, but when they get there, most of them speak a form of Berber or French or Arabic. Um, they don't, you know, they don't speak Spanish. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, a lot of them try to get to France because they do speak French. If you're in Morocco uh, or Even Algeria, they both have French as one of their predominant languages. But they end up settling in Spain uh, nonetheless. And uh, it's hard because you guys think that, number one, they can't speak, can't find a job. Number two, they're very different cultures. Um, You you know, when you're with a Moroccan, uh, you're trying to earn your place at the table. You want to uh, not speak unless spoken to. You want to earn your right to speak, especially as a young man. But with the Spanish people, they're uh, they're willing to interrupt you and just tell you how it is. And uh, the, trying to put those two types of people together in the same city can be difficult. Uh, and honestly, the, the Spanish at this point, they could say, you stay on your corner, we'll stay on our corner, and never the two shall meet. Uh, and that's great as far as the housing and all that, but it does make for a difficult to, workplace and that's one of the big things that we keep talking about is their ability to work um 60 percent of them this is a figure that my team uh team winner shared with me said 60 percent of them will never have jobs uh yeah six zero not 16 like 16 would be unfathomable in the united states but six zero is the is the number and uh, it's it's incredible And the assimilation is really probably the biggest problem. we talked about homework help with the kids as well. Uh, I mean, something as simple as helping your kid with their math homework. Can't do it. If you don't know the language, you can't do it. Uh, I know math isn't, you know, in any particular language, but you're just guessing at numbers. And uh, many of them aren't as educated uh, as their their kids. It's nothing against them. It's where they grew up and what they did. And uh, so... It's hard. It's hard when you go from completely different over the over the water to completely new. Plus, there's a lot of historical enmity between uh, the Moroccans and the Sp- Spanish people. You, you know, they come from from the Moors, and the Moors came up and conquered, and then the Spanish would conquer them back and push them back. And so, it's not exactly the uh, it's not exactly a place that you know that they're just reaching out with open arms except for the evangelical churches in the area they are uh, partnering with our center but other than that I mean they're just it's like they want to to move to Spain and get the benefits but they have a hard time becoming a part of the Spanish culture and we want to help them be able to speak the language we want to help them be able to find employment community um, all those things that's one of the reasons we want to do the sports program that'll help uh, help their kids be involved with something besides just uh, go to school and come home. Uh, you know, we're trying to do more than just, uh, just throw some food at and throw aid at them and walk away. We really want to help them learn how to live in their new society, in their new place.
1: So uh, I was thinking as
3: you guys were talking, if they come over uh, without a job, without, you know, a grasp of the language, those kind of things. Where do most of them end up living? Is there government housing? Is it, they, is it ho- like a homeless situation, or a combination of both?
2: Kind of just wherever they can find a place uh, to live. The laws in Spain are very uh, fluid, in as far as they can claim a room in someone's house, and it's theirs. Like, it's very strange. Of how, it, how things go. So you might have 20 people living in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, they have, they, it's just wherever they have, find someone that's willing to let them live with them. Um, and rent is extremely expensive. And so you find more and more of more people trying to be in one place. And so oftentimes they're living in unfinished apartments or they're living in places that might be dangerous because it's just wherever they can find shelter.
1: You mentioned uh,
3: about the bread of life and, and, you know, obviously that's our ultimate goal is to, is to meet some of their other needs so that we can share with them about their spiritual needs and the solution to those spiritual needs. Um, would most of the population have uh, a Muslim background that that you'd be ministering to, or is it a combination of kind of share almost, a little bit about the spiritual needs?
0: It is almost entirely uh, Muslim. And um, the way we describe it is one, it, it, the statistics tell us one in a thousand, right? One in a thousand Moroccans in Spain claim to be Christian. It's actually two to three out of 10,000 are evangelical Christians. So faith in Jesus Christ saves you. Um, but we'll just work with the one in a thousand for a second. So that means you go around the, around the city and you took names in a book, wrote down each name, uh, and then you took that book and you compared it to the book of life, there's only potential for one name to cross over between the two. And you have a whole book full of people, just one name that's going to be in the Lamb's Book of life, and the rest are condemned, uh, condemned before God and they Um, they're in need of a savior. They need Jesus. They're lost. And that's, that's the real spiritual need that's there.
1: Can I know that you guys aren't there yet, but you have some team members that have already
3: been serving there, right? Can, can, Can you share any stories of, of, of people that have come to Christ or the people that they're currently ministering to that maybe are on the verge of coming to Christ?
0: Yes. Uh, so right now we, we haven't seen anybody come to Christ. The center is uh, two years old, and we know that sometimes Muslim ministry takes a long, long time. However, we do have a, a man that was uh, at the center uh, a while back before all this coronavirus stuff was going on, and uh, he was coming to get help for food, and he talked to one of our volunteers. And this volunteer uh, and him began to talk about Isa, and they're supposed to have. Uh, coffee. I don't know wh- when the coffee is supposed to happen. I think it got deterred because of COVID, but they're supposed to have coffee to talk more about Isa, and it was uh, about Jesus, and Issa is the Arabic term for Jesus, and yeah, for their distortion of Jesus in the Quran. But um, the Muslim man was actually the one who invited and said, I want to hear more about this. And that's an that's exciting thing. Uh, another thing that's really been uh, impressive is we have another friend that's um That has started a discovery Bible study and is uh every week doing a discovery Bible study with a christian- i can't i mean when I was pastor I couldn't get Christians to come to Bible study you are talking about having an unbeliever come to Bible study you know uh, so I mean it was it, there are some cool things like that happening we've also had opportunities to share um through uh english camps uh through different events um we're very open about it, uh, as far as uh, you know. We're open about what we're about as Christians. Um, but, uh, but if you want to hear more about those things in more detail, I would encourage you to follow our our newsletter. So,
1: sorry, I was muted. How would people <laughs> be able to sign up for your newsletter if they were interested?
0: We'll give you a link, and okay. that link will happen. Just our- send
3: that to me with the other. Yep. website that we were talking about earlier
2: okay or they can go to uh, bit.ly slash breeze newsletter so that's b-i-t dot l-y slash breeze uh, with a capital b newsletter and they can do that that will take yeah. them to the link to be able to just put their email in and sign up breeze you
1: said breeze mm-hmm. the breeze in malaga It's B capital B. Bitly Bitly links are uh, case sensitive. Okay. But so we we got anything it. else
3: case sensitive in there? Just the no, B.
1: Just the B. Okay.
2: We actually got the name for our newsletter from um, a book that we were reading, and it talks about uh, movements of um in the Muslim world coming to um. Uh, becoming believers. And it's called the wind in the house of Islam. And it really has impacted us and we want to see that type of movement in um our in southern Spain. So that's where where the name of our newsletter came from. That's
3: pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about the center. Um,
1: you uh you mentioned food, food distribution, language courses, homework help, sewing co-op,
3: upcoming sports program. How do you get the word out to the community how, how do how do you how do you meet these people and and, and you know word of mouth make those
0: connections w- word of mouth uh, and the one good thing is is where our center is right now. Is directly between where most uh, most of them live and the mosque, so I mean it's they walk right past it every day, and then the word of mouth is hey this center here can help you, you know, you can you know find um you can find help here at the at the center so that's what uh, that's really that's really the the main thing is word of mouth don't have to do a whole lot of advertising there's such a big need.
2: Yeah, local food. Pantries and food so banks also know about what we're doing, and so they will send people too
0: when they run out. When they
2: run out of, of being able to help, because there are a couple, um, I think there's like two
1: of them that are are in the city that we live in or will live in. So um, the people at the center that these are kind of your teammates, the people that you'll
3: be working with. Yeah. What language do do they know or do they know just enough to kind of communicate the gospel?
0: or, or? So we've got, um, first thing, when, when anybody comes through our organization to go there, we, we're going to learn Spanish so that we can live. Because you got to live where you live. Uh, and then we have people who are actually volunteers at, from local churches. Uh, who speak Arabic and uh, some that speak French, and so they're helping us. And that's been our biggest method as of right now. The long-term goal is for us to, to learn some other languages as well to to be better able to minister. but uh, but as of right now, there are, are 10, I think it's ten languages spoken at the center. Our biggest people group are you know coming from North Africa, but we have people coming from Venezuela, Eastern Europe. Um, we've had Bulgarians there. We've had you know, all sorts of people. Uh, we've even had uh, there's even uh, a presence of Chinese in the in the city. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, people from all over the world are settled right there in in the city. So I mean, it's pretty pretty. Uh, it'd be pretty difficult to be able to try to learn all of them, but we do have a, a volunteer who speaks five languages. That helps. So.
3: It's awesome. So the, the local churches there in Spain uh, are partnering with you guys. So it's it's truly disciples making disciples making disciples. Um, and most of those local churches are made up of of Spanish people themselves, or are they also yes. immigrants?
2: It's mainly there's Spaniards, and then there's also uh, a lot of you know expats. So a lot of um, Americans and, and Brits and others that are in the community um, but there are a lot of of Spaniards too yep. so it's kind of a, a mixture of, of people
1: <laughs> One of the other things that you
3: mentioned was uh, friendships and good news conversations um, I would think like you said earlier trying to, to get a voice at the table so to speak that takes a Period of time to build those relationships. Can you talk a little bit
1: about those two things?
0: Yeah, I would encourage anybody who has uh, the desire to learn more about this type of ministry in general to read "Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus" and Nabil Qureshi and uh, he worked with RZIM Ministries until he he actually died of stomach cancer in 2017. But uh, he grew up uh, as a Muslim. His dad was in the, the Navy, and I was actually stationed here, believe it or not, and uh, here in Virginia Beach, and um, he became, he befriended somebody at uh, ODU, uh, and the, I think it was three to four years later. They they debated for three to four years over the validity of Christianity versus the validity of Islam, and it took all of that time for him to finally come to Christ. And it's a it's an incredible story that uh, I would encourage everybody to read because it gives you a A window into the mind of those uh, who are who live under Islam but it also shows you how how many of the barriers have to be broken down before they can come to faith I mean think think about how hard it would be for you to become Muslim and I guarantee you we haven't been discipled the same way they've been discipled unfortunately (laughs) They are, I mean, the very first words uttered into a child's ears are about how uh, Allah is one, he has no son, Muhammad is his prophet. I mean, the first thing, I love you, Not I, you're my beautiful child, it's that. And so, I mean, that's, that's how hardcore it is. And you're telling them you have to give up your family, your friends, everything. And so that we, you know, the only way that's going to happen is if somebody walks them, walks with them towards Christ, walks the road with them. And uh, it's, a, you know, we're asking them to give up everything and uh cold Turkey conversation of give up everything. You'd roll yours, your eyes at it too. Uh, so we, we're not just saying, Hey, give up everything and he'll make it all better. What we're saying is, Give up everything for Christ, and we'll be here with you every step of the way.
3: Well, that's awesome. We're really looking forward to having you guys with us in uh, December. Uh, I hope and pray that the weather is cooperative.
1: Uh, a
3: few Decembers ago, we had 54 inches of snow in 48 hours. So.
1: Oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I hope that uh, this December is much better than that December. <laughs> yes. But uh, not to scare you off or anything. But I was driving. Yeah, (laughs) we're really looking forward to having you guys. But between now and then, uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, what are some things that we can pray about specifically for you guys? And then secondly, uh, how can we help you? How can we, uh, other than prayer, obviously is important, but other than that, what are some things that we can do to help you get to the field? And then what are some things that we can do once you're there? So.
1: Let's talk about
2: that for a couple of minutes. So our biggest prayer requests right now are um, we are facing a little bit of a time crunch as far as trying to get to Spain. Um, We really need to be there by March 1st. uh, And we have some training that we are going to be going to in January and February. And so we won't be able to travel during that time. So we really need to be as close as we can to having our money raised by the end of this year. So that is a big prayer request um, and praying for our kids as we travel is a big thing. They are having a little bit of a hard time being in the car so much these days. They're walking and they don't like being uh, pooped up in the car. So that's um, another big one. And the third request we would ask is um, for our kids, we adopted them. And so we have been waiting for 10 months on their birth certificate since the adoption was finalized. and. uh, We're having a lot of trouble getting things to go through in the state that they were born in. So just pray that we can get our hands on those documents because we need to be applying for passports and then we have to go to apply for our visas in December. So we are really kind of in the crunch time for that. And then as far as ways that you can help us now, um, we are needing people to partner with us on a monthly basis um, so that we can go. We are at about uh, 25% of realized gifts and then 30% in commitments as far as what's coming in now. Um, we are working very hard. We have some things that are going to be coming through at the beginning of the year, but you know, we're still working to try to get to that. Uh, percentage so that we can go. Um, and so we are needing people to partner monthly. But another way is to be praying for us through our newsletter. Uh, we update that. Um, we send those out about once a month. We won't spam you, we promise. Um, but we like to be able to keep people informed of what's going on. And we love to hear from people. So if you're praying for us, send us an email, send us a text, let us know that you're praying for us. Um, or if you have questions, we love to answer questions, and we really want to be transparent and and bring you along to partner with us. And we want you to be a part of this journey as well, because this is, you know, we are going, but we are your hands and feet. We are going because we are being sent by people, and we are all accomplishing the Great Commission together. And um, so we we really want that to be a partnership and. Uh, So we welcome emails and questions and, you know, when we get a text or an email, it makes our day. And so even while we're on the field, that is huge. Just hearing from people saying, you know, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. That's a a huge thing that you can do for us.
0: We have the, uh, I'll send you also the link to our online commitment card. We have it through a Google form. And you can sign up for the newsletter, Facebook. Um, you can sign up uh, to give to there, uh, and we will reach back out with you and work with you on each of those things. So I'll send you that as well because that's I think that's probably the easiest way to get everything at the same time. So uh, and and also leave some information for us to to follow up with you as well because uh, we're not going to spam anybody, but we are going to tell everybody you know what's going on.
3: That's great. That's great. Well, I'm excited for you guys, and uh, I know God's got big plans and excited to hear about your little ones that you've adopted and, and uh, your marriage and what God's calling you to do. So you guys are kind of uh, staying in Virginia Beach temporarily until you, you're you able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, are you in an apartment? Are you staying with family? What's
0: live with my parents okay okay <laughs> yay they've been
1: very,
2: they've been very gracious and and letting us stay with them so that we can down our expenses and um, we sold our house in nashville um we closed on that in june and so we are just waiting for to get the money so we can get the okay to go <laughs> awesome. awesome
1: well we want to
3: Pray with you guys about that, and ask God's blessings on you. And, and uh, like I said, we're looking forward to having you guys in December. And um, anything else you want to share before we before we get off here that we didn't cover?
0: Well, I think that uh, one thing that uh, we're hoping to see, and I think everyone everybody's hoping to see when they start a church is we want to see a, a someday a community that is distinctly Moroccan or distinctly North African that's self-sustaining. They don't need pastors from the United States. They're raising their own pastors up. And we wanna see them uh, being able to uh, plant, the disciples making disciples. I mean, those are the big, the big things. And uh, I really wanna emphasize, I mean, we don't know what that looks like now uh, because we don't have Christians yet. You can't start churches without Christians, you know? Uh, but when we get there, uh, man, is that going to be great? <laughs> I believe it's going to happen. I do. And it's going to be great.
3: Well, it's great to have that vision and knowing that, you know, God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or think. I look back on our time here in Erie and just seeing so many different things that God has done. It's 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 amazing. And it, he does it in such a way that you have to say, nobody can take credit for that. God did that. you know. And so I'm praying the same thing will happen in Spain.
2: Thank you. And thank you for letting us do the interview. We really appreciate that. And we are really excited to be with you all um, in
1: December as well.